Hello. Welcome to Wide Open Spaces with Elise, a podcast. This is episode 27, Girls Empowered. Thank you so much for joining me today at Wide Open Spaces. I am a recreational therapist, graduate of the University of Florida from the College of Health and Human Performance. My professional experience is in psychiatric hospitals and outpatient settings. I am also a motivational speaker and a blogger. You can listen to my podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, Apple, and Google Podcasts, or on Podbean at www.wideopenspaces.podbean.com. My website, if you want to check me out, is at www.wideopenspaceswithelise.com. Elise is spelled I-L-I-S-E. Thanks so much for joining me today. My podcast always focuses on mental health. I believe that everything that happens in our lives will affect how we feel and our mental health. So I've decided to always make my prime focus mental health. However, I do want to include topics and events that are happening in our world. Again, because I feel like they do influence the way we feel and respond to our world. I went dark on my podcast last week, which a lot of people did who are podcasters, because that is what most um, of us wanted to do because of the 2020 presidential election. At first, I thought, great, this gives me an extra time for my podcast for the following week. But I really struggled with what I should talk about this week and what I wanted to talk about for me. So I had this kind of, if you were to visualize it, a tug of war going on inside of me on where should I go with this episode. I thought, and I thought, and I thought, and I thought. And it even gave me a little anxiety because I knew there was really only one topic that I could talk about today. And there was that voice talking to myself, telling me where I should go. In my podcast, I discuss how we should all be authentic and true to our core. So I really absorbed that thought of what I tell you to be authentic and true to your core? And the answer was just there for me. We've had a monumental week. And as a therapist, motivational speaker, and just an individual, I am going to speak my truth. Because I feel that a lot of us can relate to my truth. Struggling with, how can I show my happiness? Should I not talk about it? Just stuff my excitement? Or just be real, but in a respectful way? I chose to be real in a respectful way because we're all going through different emotions regarding this election. I have chosen to discuss why today is so monumental to the world and myself. I am hoping some of you can relate or at least why I see this as a chance for us to grow. 
So a little bit more about me, besides what you already know, because I feel that my podcast needs to show you who I am and how you can relate to me because I'm just an ordinary person going through ordinary things just like you. I'm a feminist and I'm politically active. Take what you will from that. Based on that, I feel I want and need to talk about what has just happened in our country. No matter who you voted for in the 2020 election, something historically monumental happened. A female was elected to be the Vice President of the United States. A black female, a South Asian female, who is married to what will be our second dude or gentleman, I don't think they've figured out what they're gonna call him yet, who is Jewish. Just think about that for a minute. Think about it. Take it all in. I know many of you are more than angry that your opponent didn't win. And I truly do get that. It's not just words. I do understand that. I always keep that feeling close because I need to understand and not gloat when my candidate wins. And for me, it wasn't just about the presidential election. It was about the mayoral election in the town that I live in and the commissioners. And I did volunteer and wear their shirts and post on my social media. So I tend to be very political. So for me, it wasn't just about the presidential election. But let's put politics aside. This is a magical moment for women. The year I was born, women's rights in 1967. Yes, I was born in 1967. Women's rights in 1967. Johnson on October 13th, 1967, banned discrimination on the basis of sex in hiring and employment in both the United States federal workplace and on the part of the government contractors. President Johnson signs Public Law 90-130, lifting grade restrictions and strength limitations on women in the United States military. This was from Timeline, talking about women's legal rights. So there you go. Some accomplishments that women made in the year that I was born. When I was a young girl, I always knew the male was the head of the household. And the mom, even if she worked, was the female in the relationship. The dad worked, the mom worked. But when mom came home, she still cooked, she still cleaned, and she still took care of the kids. My dad traveled, so when he was away, mom was the boss lady. But as soon as he came home through that front door, he became the boss again. We always moved different places based on where my dad's job was, not where my mom's job was. Yet, my dad was always the better listener. I always knew, without it being stated, that it was more important that my brother went to college. I was the oldest, so I went first. 
I think it was that moment where I was unleashed. So in the 1970s, where I had this message, where I felt that it was always supposed to be my brother who went to college, and if I went, great, it was a plus. So in the 1970s, women's rights, women's strike for peace and equality in New York City. August 26, 1970. On August 26, 1970, a full 50 years after the passage of the 19th Amendment granted women the right to vote, 50,000 feminists paraded, paraded down New York City's Fifth Avenue with linked arms blocking the major thoroughfares during rush hour. This was from time.com. So now I'm off to college. The feminist, feminist in me started to emerge. Even in college, though, I still felt the inequality. It wasn't really tangible to me, but the old saying, girls go to college for their MRS, the Mrs. degree, was still around. I just never felt there was an even playing field. This was the late 80s and early 90s. From timeline, the women's rights in the late 80s and 90s. January 20th, 1980. Paula Hawkins of Florida, a Republican, becomes the first woman to be elected to the U.S. Senate without following her husband or father in the job. 1981, Sandra Day O'Connor becomes the first woman to serve on the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court rules that excluding women from the draft is constitutional. U.S. News. So though women took steps by being the first female in the Supreme Court, they also um, voted that it was still un within the Constitution to not include women in the draft. So if you were a female who wanted to serve and fight for your country, you weren't exactly included at that point. And that was in the 80s and late 80s and 90s that our country still fought this way. Moving on, I chose a field of study which tended to be more female-oriented back then. The hospitals I worked in had a lot of men in top positions. I'm sure some of you ladies or a lot of you ladies can relate to this. I did start to change as I got older, but still that same message was implanted in my head. There was an issue. Even in my first marriage, there was an issue. I had a degree, he didn't, and I made more money in my job. This definitely was a wall. The male ego in that relationship was unable to accept that and felt inferior, emasculated, just because I was educated more and made more money. He was raised old-fashioned and still had that the man should be the breadwinner and caretaker mentality. <laughs> well, you're probably wondering, how did this feminist, independent woman fall back into a situation like she grew up in? Because it's what I knew. The man is the man of the house. I let his ego issues affect my aspirations. The message was drilled in my head by society. Men are supposed to make more money than women even if it is the same position. This was the late 90s. Then I became a single mom, and that was the end of that. I found myself again, 
And I said, world, look out, because here I come. I am remarried, but we are equal. I made it a point to find someone that I would be equal to, that wouldn't feel inferior to me, that we were like-minded, that was progressive and thought like I was. Of course, I learned I would never be with someone who needed to control me. We have created a world with my girls where they feel empowered, where they know they can do anything a man does, but even better. And I'll admit, in the last few years, it has been hard for me to see that. When they hear comments like, we're getting your husbands back to work. When they hear that a man gets paid more for the same job as a female. Even in the movie and TV industry, women are still having to fight for the same pay as a man. My oldest is in graduate school program. And because of COVID, a lot of the students that would have attended her program had to defer this year. So there's only four new students in her program, three are males, and then there's my daughter. I've been observing her and I know I taught her right. She holds her own and is viewed as an equal. She walked in there like, look out, here I come. She feels empowered by being the only female. In her classmates' defense, they totally treat her as an equal. And so well done, guys. My youngest, well, she's a tough chick. She will rule the world and nobody will stop her. So on November 7th, the world changed forever. A female became vice president-elect of the United States. I cried, and I'll be honest, I ugly cried. Not because the left or the right one. I ugly cried because the country chose a female to hold one of the highest positions in the land. A biracial woman. What just happened? This must be a dream. I watched my youngest cry because she was happy to see that with hard work, women can rule the world. That no matter what she wants to do in life, she can do it. I think what it meant even more was the symbolism that the world is changing that she can grow up not feeling like any man can control her or can rise above her. She can hold all the power in the world. I had to FaceTime my oldest when the vice president-elect was making her acceptance speech. We all wanted to watch this historical moment together. They began to play the song, I Won't Back Down by Tom Petty, which if you're a University of Florida graduate, means a whole lot more. We play that at every game and we all sing and it's such an amazing and empowering feeling. But as they're playing this song, I look at my phone and she's crying. It was a beautiful cry because women have proven since suffragette that we won't back down. We can be whoever we want to be. I really took in the moment. I have goosebumps thinking back in my mind's eye about it. Watching my girl's eyes open to the beautiful future that is ahead of them. Seeing a female biracial woman standing on stage saying to the world, I may be the first, but I won't be the last. Kamala Harris. I looked at my girl's faces. I smiled 
and I said to myself that the chain had been broken and they will never have to feel inferior or guilty about being the smartest or the most educated one in the room. Glass ceilings have been shattered in this country now, so look out. How does this fit into your mental health? Because representation is everything. Representation is empowerment and implants that message, I can, in your brain. It lifts your mood, your abilities, and your self-esteem. It gives women and men, children of all ages, that idea that we're all worth it and we're all important. Don't ever let anyone take that away from you. Your inner strength and that can-do voice in your head. You all have the power within to fight, to be strong, and to move on. Move on. Think in your life. How can you empower yourself to improve your mental health? How can you move on? If it's from a job maybe you hate, think about moving on. A job where you're not respected, think about moving on. A job where they promote around you, but never you. An abusive relationship, think about moving on. A controlling relationship. Dysfunctional friendships. Toxic people. Negative thought patterns. Think about moving on from that stream of negative thought patterns. Maybe there's that degree you've always wanted but couldn't because you've been taking care of the kids for all these years and you've kind of put that desire aside. Start to research. There's many ways you can get that degree from home. Maybe start that business that's always just been a dream of yours. Start to put a plan in action. Become a CEO of a company. Apply for that director position that your company or a hospital or workplace has just put out as a position available. Speaking up in that boardroom meeting, letting your powerful voice be heard. I'll never forget the first time when we had joint commissions of accredited hospitals come to our hospital and I was the head of my department and I had to speak in this boardroom and I was young in my 20s but how empowering it was in front of all these men, women, and much older people than me. Let your voice be heard. Never let anyone make you feel less than. Or maybe think about becoming the next president or vice president of the United States of America. America has showed us its beauty this week for all women and men. Female power is here to stay and look out. We are just getting started. Cheers to the future for all, and always know you are worth it. Thank you so much for joining me today at Wide Open Spaces with Elise and indulging me on this monumental time in our country, in females' lives, my life, your life, my girls' lives. 
it's time to empower ourselves. Check me out at my website at www.wideopenspaceswithelise.com. Elise is spelled I-L-I-S-E. Positive thoughts create positive energy, my friends. Until next week, ciao.